the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Where today on the podcast, we are going to discuss... Well, let's start with Von Miller's comments, or lack of comments, if you will. Interesting little press conference that we're going to play in full here in just a little bit. Von Miller speaking to the media and had some interesting stuff to say. That's coming up on the podcast. Also, Broncos getting ready for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What are the keys to the game? Jake Peterson joins me from MyLifeSports.com, contributor to MyLifeSports, and of course, our podcast as well, too. You hear him every Friday on the podcast. Jake, where can they find you on Twitter? I'm at JakeyP303 on Twitter. Very good. And, of course, always at Ronnie K Radio or at Mile High Sports, where, of course, MileHighSports.com. Getting so much support from our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, it, and jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. We are big fans of our friends over there at Tap 14. And if you've never been on the rooftop... You need to get to the rooftop because it is just a tremendous view. And by the way, it's a heated rooftop in the winter. So as the winter months come, because of course that's the next season, duh, tell you what, you're going to want to enjoy a brew out there because the weather is not only going to be just terrific, as you know, in Colorado in winter, but even though it's a little nippy, it is heated on that rooftop. So a lot of cool stuff going on over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. All right, Von Miller, interesting little press conference, and I warn you, This one's a lengthy one. We're going to play Von Miller's press conference in full. Here he is talking to the media on Thursday. Feel good. Got a great week of preparation. Uh, Got uh, great teammates, great coaches. I'm excited about the opportunity this week versus the Jaguars. Um, Got a great great game plan in. I'm excited to play. Didn't say very much. He's got great coaches, great teams, great everything. I love everything about everything that's happening right now in football because I love football. That's basically what Von Miller had to say. Uh, what did you think of this, Jake, when it comes to the short press conference? Because I know um, in my brain, I was a bit disappointed to see Von Miller do this. It is a little bit disappointing, but to me, this it shows a man who's focused, and it shows a man who knows that the defense doesn't have any sacks. They don't have any turnovers, and he's well aware of that fact. And he wants to get back into that film room and come up with a game plan that's going to get but the Broncos. But he couldn't spend two minutes to talk to the media? I mean, I get he's focused. I mean, aren't they always focused? I mean, absolutely. They should always be focused. But this is a man who's hyper-focused at this point. And what, what else is there to say about no sacks, no turnovers through three games? At, at this point, what, what questions are there left to be asked? What is there left for Von Miller to say? So I was... It was a little disappointing, but at the same time, this is a guy who, to me, just wants to come up with a game plan and and be better on Sunday, so that way they can give you know they can give themselves an opportunity to win. Look, this is Avon Miller. I think that is frustrated. I think this team as a whole is pretty pissed off, to be truly honest. Uh, they're pissed off at themselves. They're pissed off at their play. They're pissed off where they are in the standings, and they're pissed off about some of the discussion maybe that's happening of the idea that look, if this team goes zero and four, zero and five, whatever it may be, maybe we're talking about trading players, you know. But but my my always bothersome thing is like nobody outside of maybe one or two uncredible goons in the media is talking about trading Von Miller. Nobody is talking 
about trading Von Miller. But yet, this is still a discussion that comes up. And I wonder if this was the reason why he did this, is he doesn't want to answer these questions about this, yada, yada, yada. And I just don't understand. It's like, why is one rotten apple ruining the whole pot? Why, why would you allow that to happen? Because then you're allowing that, that one uncredible person to essentially win. Because you're giving them that attention. But by not doing this as the leader of the team, because look, Von Miller is a leader on this team, by not doing this, you're shedding more light to it. You're basically, you're basically opening Pandora's box on the idea of like, okay, is he doing this because he's hyper-focused? Is he doing this because he's pissed off? Is he doing this because uh, he, maybe he, there's a little bit of truth to the idea that maybe this needs to happen? Is it, uh, Why is he... Now, now all these questions are being spurned from it. And then on top of that, all the questions that were going to be asked to Von Miller that were probably all pass rush related. Let's be honest, this is a Denver media. It is a bit soft. It's quite soft here. It's not the Bostons. It's not the New Yorks of the world. This is a Denver team that instead of saying, hey, you suck, how are you going to fix it? They're going to ask, what silver linings can you take from previous games or et cetera? You know, they, they, they're not as harsh, but now all these questions have to go to somebody else. I mean, they're going to ask Bradley Chubb these questions. They're going to ask these defensive line these questions. Well, why can't they get to the pass rushers? And and I think if you're a leader, that's a part of your role. And this is a part of the gig. Players are mandated to speak to the media. This is a part of your gig in the idea of, look, you have to stand up. Even when it's in bad times, in good times or bad, you have to deliver some sort of message. By just going up there, leaning against the table, and spending 12 seconds saying, great everything, that tells me you had no desire to be there. Uh, you have no message that's worth that has carries any weight because it's all just generic nonsense. It's great, great, great. Okay, thanks, bye. You know, and I, I just I'm not upset. I'm not mad. Just a bit disappointed because I, I thought Von Miller would have been a little bit better than this. But don't you think that also sends a message though that this Von Miller is the kind of guy that seems to. He wouldn't just go up there and do this just because he doesn't want to. This feels like a very calculated move from Von Miller. He doesn't feel like the kind of guy that wouldn't have thought about this ahead of time and sure. doesn't understand the consequences that are going to come back his way. And look, and so, we've seen him do this before where he's come out with a very strong press conference last year prior to the Arizona game, I think it was. Yep. Uh, 45-10 where they just absolutely destroy Arizona. But look, it's easy for Von to go up there and say, hey, we're going to kick Arizona's ass because it's Arizona. Even Arizona knew that was coming. Like, they, they knew that was coming. This is Jacksonville, and I thought it was quite interesting that he didn't say anything like that or he didn't guarantee a victory because, you know, Gardner Minshew, he's kind of like this upstart thing, and, and the defense is pretty darn good as well, too. I get you're at home, but Jacksonville gets paid, too. I mean, the, uh, it's just it. I, I don't know why he needs to go up there and do something like this to try to motivate other players because I think if you're other players, if you're not motivated yourself to just play football, well, then maybe we need to have another question or another conversation about why you need your leader to go up there and simply just blow off all the questions as motivation. Like, do, do you really need that as a little cap in your feather or a little feather in your cap of like, okay, well, now it's really time to go. Like, shouldn't have been that been the case the last three weeks? That should always be the case with professional yeah. athletes. I, I, I guess I, I don't think he was doing it to try and motivate other players. I think he's just in, in his own little world. And, and starting out 0-3 after going 6-10 and 10 and 5-11 and 11 and, you know, in the last couple of years, at this point, for a guy like Von Miller, who has seen success at every level he's played at, 
it's just it's gone beyond frustration at this point. And you know, for him, it's just kind of look. We gotta you know we gotta take it one game at a time. You know, we we do have great coaches, we do have great teammates, blah blah blah, whatever. But it's just a it's just for me, he's in his zone. He's in his own little world. But see and, what what you just said is exactly what he could have said, and we're not talking about it today. I just I just don't know how going up there as the leader and just blowing off all these questions helps you. To me, like everything about a leader is what they do to help the team, not themselves, the team. His internal frustration was absolutely 100% a part of the decision to blow the media off and walk off that podium. That is taking a personal part of of your mindset and your thought process and putting it in front of the team because now this opens more questions, more players have to take more answers because your beacon through good or bad bailed on you when the when the guy, when the times got tough. And and that's where I'm a little disappointed. And look, I, I certainly look, it doesn't bother me as much. I'm not disappointed, I'm not mad, but I know this is something we have to talk about and certainly is um Something to watch, because if you're going to do something like this, you best back it up. You best come with a sack and a couple quarterback hits. Or, yeah, if you do lose at 0-4, maybe we do need to start talking about trading you. Maybe we do need to start talking about the idea that Father Time has caught up with you as a one-trick pony pass rusher, and maybe your move is just not very good in the NFL anymore. Maybe we do need to start talking about that if this is the kind of attitude that you're going to bring because you are personally frustrated. I don't know. I'm not at that process yet. I'm certainly, I don't think that should be talked about right now. But if you continue to lose and you have three quarterback hits as a team through 12 quarters, maybe we do need to start talking about that. I don't know, but that's for another week, uh, maybe in future weeks to come. Who knows? We'll see what happens with the Jaguars, of course. It's a Bronco Splits podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. All right, we're going to get you the keys of the game. I've got a really spicy one that is coming up. So again, welcome back to Broncos Blitz Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. And of course, you can follow Jake on Twitter as well too. Jake, where can they get you on social media? You can follow me on Twitter at JakeyP303. All right, keys to beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, What is your first one, Jake? My first one is to keep Joe Flacco upright and standing and have one of those Aaron Rodgers, this is the cleanest my jersey has ever been kind of games. Ah, so good offensive line play. So good offensive line play. Joe Flacco has taken, I think, 11 sacks through three games. Jacksonville has a ton of sacks through three games. I, I couldn't even count after a while. And Calais Campbell loves to tear up offensive lines. And that's going to be a, a huge issue in this game. And so if you can keep Joe Flacco upright and keep him standing throughout the game then you're going to give yourself the best opportunity to win. And you have to give him the time that he needs to be able to find the open receivers and take those deep threats that we all want to see. You know, you have to be able to give him the opportunity to have that. So that's my first key is offensive line play. Yeah, look, making sure that uh, keeping Joe Flacco upright is a big, big deal. I'm going to go with Joe Flacco's play in general. Um, and, and maybe that ties in with yours. Uh, look, Joe Flacco needs to put together a game where you don't beat yourself, 
but also you move the sticks. This is a, a defense that uh, needs to stay on the sidelines. They cannot be constantly out there because while I do think they can handle Gardner Minshew in that offense, they're not going to be able to handle any offense if they're constantly out there and they're fatigued. So uh, this is a offense that does need to move the football on third down, and that means being also very efficient as well too. Need to see another one of those 22 for 28, uh, 240 yard days with a touchdown, no picks, you know, where you're completing high 60s percent. Joe Flacco does that, and I think you win that game nine times out of ten. I think this is a Denver team, honestly, that is just more talented than Jacksonville, uh, which is funny to say because at 0-3, you would think not. But otherwise, I, I do think that's the case because they have been very, very close, and that leads to my second key to the game. I think home field is a big, big deal in this game. Look, being able to control the clock at home is much easier. Uh, the the def- the crowd noise disrupting a inexperienced Gardner Minshew, I get it. A lot of people love the guy. He walks around in a jock strap, and he looks like Uncle Rico. He's a cool, off-field guy. But on the field, he is still unproven. And I get it. He started really strong. He's he's had a nice little start to his three-game career, two-and-a-half games, three-game career. It's exactly that, a two-game career. Uh, This is a guy who has still yet to see a lot of adversity. He has not seen a defense that uh, can get after the quarterback, at least we think, like the Broncos can. I get it, the Texans' defense is a good one, but I don't think they got the pass-rushing ammo that Denver has. If the light bulb goes off for Denver and this home field, it starts to get rowdy over there at Empower Field, I think they can win this game. Yeah, I would agree with you 100%. And going along with that, my second key is make, and this is going to sound a little weird, but make Gardner Minshew beat you. This is a guy who only has two NFL starts. This is a guy whose career high in passing yards came in week one when he had 275, and since then he's only thrown, I think, 200 and just over 200 in both his uh, next couple games. Make him, you know, make him beat you. Get that pass rush going. Make him, you know, scramble out of the pocket. Make him feel antsy back there, and and see what a rookie quarterback in in a hostile environment looks like. And make him, you know, throw towards Chris Harris Jr. and all these other ball hawking, you know, defensive backs that we have. Put pressure on Gardner Minshew. That's my second key to the game. Yeah, getting pressure on Gardner Minshew is going to be a big one. My third one's going to be special teams. And uh, look, we don't talk about special teams a lot, but this is a special teams that could make a big deal in this game because a, um, you know, Deontay Spencer has looked the part of a potential long-term returner. Finally. We have found somebody that, well, he catches the football, and every single time he catches the football, you're like, you know what? He could go to the house. And some extra brownie points when it comes to field position that leads to field goals or touchdowns, or maybe just a six-point house call himself could be a big, big deal for this Denver Broncos team that, look, looking for extra juice somewhere, anywhere, from the pass rush to the offensive line to the run game passing, or maybe it comes in the form of special teams, uh, and also so make no mistake, this is a game that, look, uh, three-point favorites Denver is right now. So that means on a neutral field, Vegas thinks this is a, p- a pick game. So if this game does come down to a close game, I like my chances with Brandon McManus at home. you know. And then it kind of goes back to the, the home field advantage thing. So certainly could be interesting to see how that game uh, certainly plays out when it comes to special teams uh, for the Denver Broncos. My last key is to do the little things right. This is a Broncos team that one or two plays go their way. You know, Deshaun Hamilton catches a ball in the end zone. We're, we're talking about a 2-1 and one at worst team right now. 
Yeah. You know, they've they've been in every game that they've played, and it's just come down to, you know, not ball secure, bouncing a certain way, whatever right. maybe, or a big, you know, a, a holding penalty at the wrong time, not necessarily from anybody in particular, but just you know the bad penalty at the wrong. I'll time. I'll say it for you, Garrett Bowles. All right, I was going to say it for you. Thank you. Yes, but do the do the little things right. You know, execute on just those. You know, even just getting that, you know, stuffed the stuff run at the, you know, line of scrimmage. Do from your Phillip job, Lindsay. Right, to, and then to, to quote, "He who shall not be named, do your job." Do your job, right? You know, if you get stuffed at the line, if you can turn that stuff at the line into three, four yards, all of a sudden, you know, that just those little extra things that the Broncos need to do in order to, to you know, that they haven't done so far in order to win a football game. Well, you've tapped into something we say on the podcast a lot, is if you take care of the little things, the big care, uh, the big thing takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and absolutely, if that's something that the Denver Broncos do, you could see them walk away with a win, and that would be a big one for Denver. Look, I, I still think this is a Denver team that can turn things around. When you look at the schedule, they basically have three home games in a row. Jacksonville, the Chargers on the road, and the Titans. That's going to be a home game for the Denver Broncos. Uh, that Chargers game. And that's not to slight the Chargers fan base, but we have seen history has said that the road team is generally favored uh, or at least not favored, but has a lot of a fan base there in L.A. or whatever Coliseum thing that they play at. It's that a soccer very stadium, soccer, 25,000 seat stadium. I, I Yeah. That, that's a whole nother road for a whole nother day. Uh, but look, this is a Broncos team that if they play well against the Jaguars, look, does anything L.A. scare you? I mean, I suppose Melvin Gordon coming back as the holdout ends is kind of a big deal. But outside of that, then the, you got the Titans afterwards. Those are winnable games. And it's unfortunate that the ball didn't bounce your way because maybe that sets you up for a playoff run. I, I always think that's the difference between wildcard teams and teams that miss out on the postseason is the ball bouncing a certain way. You weren't a good enough team to win the division, but you were good enough to win the wild card because the ball bounced a certain way. Unfortunately, the drop by Deshaun Hamill the call on Bradley Chubb, just those certain small things. And yeah, it didn't bounce your way. And that's probably going to result to them not making the postseason. But that doesn't mean this team can't be seven and nine, eight and eight, maybe even nine and seven towards the end of the season. There are certainly some these games, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, you everybody thought, well, they they're gonna beat the Jaguars with Nick Foles? No way. You know, they're going to beat the Colts with Andrew Luck? No chance. The Browns are supposed to be this division-winning upstart team? No chance, you know. Uh, Now, all of a sudden, you look at those three games totally differently, you know, at this point in the season. It truly is a week-to-week game, so uh, certainly the NFL throwing us different curveballs, different drama every single week, and we will cover it here on the Broncos Blitz Podcast, where, of course, we are presented by our friends over there at Pro Football Focus PFF. That's where you go, pff.com. Use the promo code PFF25 to save 25% off a limited time with our friends over there at Pro Football Focus. Jake, where can they follow you on social media, on the Twitter? You can get me at Twitter at JakeyP303. Very good. Jake, uh, how do you see this game playing out? Give me a final score. I've got the Broncos winning this one. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to come down to Joe Flacco having to have a game-winning drive, which is something he has a lot of success with. So give me 20-14 to Denver. I think this is a pissed-off Denver team. I, I think this is a genuinely bothered, pissed, mad, 
upset, whatever you want to say to describe them, I think they are I think they are ready to blow the top off. I think this is a light bulb game. The offense comes together because they know they haven't been scoring enough points. The defense gets after the quarterback because they know they honestly just haven't been doing their job. Uh, I think this is a game where Denver wins by two touchdowns. Uh, a double-digit win for the Denver Broncos, something to the realm of 27-13. Um, they control the game basically throughout. Uh, because, boy, they know the consequences if they don't get that kind of win. Uh, that kind of win can restore faith, if you will. A loss or even a close win could be like, you know what, maybe this team is just a three-win team and they have just been over-exceeding or whatever may be the case of how you want to describe it. So certainly going to be interesting to see how this uh, plays out. You can follow Jake, of course, and his contributions to Mile High Sports and, of course, on MileHighSports.com where you can find the daily Broncos Blitz podcast and, of course, always news discussions, player profiles, all that great stuff over there at MileHighSports.com. I want to say thanks to our friends over there at Tap 14. Before we get out of here, Tap 14 on the web. Spell out the word 14 for me. That's tap14.com. Thanks, uh, thanks to Jake for joining me on the podcast. Appreciate it, buddy. Of course, uh, one more time, where can they hit you on Twitter? You can find me at JakeyP303. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter as we are done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. More info and daily discussions on the Denver Broncos. And, of course, coverage coming up this weekend uh, on the Broncos and Jags. I'll be in the locker room post game. We'll be talking about it all day long. And, of course, on uh, also the uh, morning show. Well, we'll get your reaction immediately, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, Monday through Friday, the show that I host. You can come on and react, whether it be text, phone call, tweets, whatever may be the case. Get your discussions out, and we will be chatting about the three and, uh, excuse me, the one and three or O oh and four Broncos. One of the two, hopefully, is more on the one and three side because, boy, an O oh and four team would be really tough to talk about for another week. But hey, we'll see how it goes for this Denver Broncos team. They uh, never cease to um, give us the headlines every single week. That's it for the Broncos Blitz podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to check it out. More info at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com for daily editions of this podcast. That's MileHighSports.com. MileHighSports.com. See you, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.